I went to an, a basically all Māori primary school intermediate. I think we had about 95% Māori students. And then when I moved to high school, it was probably about 10. And then university, engineering is probably like 0.1. I think there was like two of us in a class of like 300 or so. It became pretty apparent quite early on that I had this opportunity and that I wanted to use it. Kia ora. I'm Troy, here as CEO, and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today our conversation is with Byron Konya, a graduate hydraulic engineer at Norman Disney and Young. He's a young and vibrant Maori mechanical engineer who I recently met at an industry advisory board at the University of Auckland. Here, he openly shared his experiences and logistical issues he faced while studying, something that I hope our conversation today can shine a light on. We're also joined by Evelyn Newman, the general manager of the Māori Education Trust. We've recently joined forces to launch Funakei, a HERA scholarship targeted at Māori female engineers. Today, my hope is that our podcast can share insights into what our metals industry can do better to facilitate Māori engagement with engineering and why that's so important for us to do. Byron, tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you interested in engineering. Uh, I think it comes down to like playing Lego and stuff. So as like a young kid, like mum would always buy us Lego and kind of played with that. And coming to year 10, like I always wanted to be a chef for some reason. And then I was sitting there in bed one night, I was like, would I really want to be a chef? And then kind of like was visualising gears spinning in my head. I was like, wait, I actually like mechanical stuff. So I think from that point onwards, I was like, I'm going to engineering. And then I kind of like planned my whole, guess, career so far from that point onwards. And did anyone try to talk you out of being an engineer? I don't think they actually knew what it was, to be honest. Like, so like when I said engineering, my dad kind of thought mechanic. And I was like, no, I don't want to be a mechanic. I want to design things. And then after that, I think my parents kind of just stopped. They said, oh, yeah, we trust you. We put you where you're going. I remember, like, my dad saying that, oh, I don't really have, I don't really know what you're doing, son, and I uh, guess you know what you're doing, so you might as well just keep going. And why do you think it is that um, not very many Māori are going into engineering? Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with perception. From when I've like talked to younger students, it's that university in general seemed for like smart people, and often like Maori have kind of pigeonholed themselves to think they're not smart or that they lack the intelligence because I guess their parents aren't like the typical like university student where their parents have gone to university, whereas like their parents probably more like labour workers working in meatworks and stuff. And how can we change that um, and how can industry help change that? I think with industry, it's if you can send like someone in the company who's willing to, like guess, branch out to these small places, like show students what it's actually like to be an engineer. Because I know like at home is like an important thing where you're exposed to kind of what you'll base your life off. So if you can expose give them an opportunity where they get the exposure they're not getting at home at school and I think that's how you can kind of bridge the gap. 
And so you said you had a um, vision of the gears. Is that what really drove you towards MechEng rather than another aspect of engineering? I think the reason why I picked mechanical was the whole CAD side of it. So I didn't really connect well with most of the subjects we were doing, like the electrical and like I like the biomedical side, but I think the one I most connected with was the ability to like instantly create that we got with CAD, where I could think of something, draw it up on a piece of paper, put it on computer, and then all of a sudden I could then 3D print it. That whole progression of concept to reality is what kind of pushed me towards mechanical. And how tough was it being um, one of the very few Maori studying engineering at university? Oh, you get a lot of casual racism, I found. That was a bit of a pain sometimes. And what do you mean by casual racism? Oh, uh, because I got like a few scholarships like coming to university. They're like, oh, you got Maori scholarships, but they weren't all Maori scholarships. And there aren't that many around either in terms of like engineering and it's like a common misconception is that everyone thinks that a Mo- like if you're Māori and you're at university you've gotten a scholarship to get there but often the scholarships are available or targeted more towards health and polytechs not so much universities. And what difference did having a scholarship make? It made university an option for me. I think if I hadn't got a scholarship, because I've always been kind of financially minded, where if I don't have the means, I I kind of blockade myself from doing it. So having that scholarship kind of just said to me, okay, you can afford this now, so you might as well go. Like kind of like follow like what you've planned. And like going like in high school, I'd kind of planned that I needed a scholarship to get to university. And prior to that, I'd saved for about three years working like during the year and then working after school and stuff. And that's how I kind of like funded my way through uni. Uh, Byron, you mentioned the casual racism. And I know even speaking with Kim, um, and I'm such a big proponent of affirmative action, that she has felt bad in the past to take advantage of um, specific targeted support for Māori. And I'm always saying like what I say for women um, is that you're getting it on your merits. It's not like you're not getting it because you're not talented or just because you're Maori. Um, you're, you're getting it because you've earned it. Why, why do you think some people feel bad about taking that additional support? Because um, really, it, we, like we're saying, we're in a conundrum because mm. we don't have enough people representing Maori in engineering and yet the few Maori that um, are available are also feeling bad about getting support to get there as well. Um, how do you feel about that? What do you think the issue is there? I think it's um, more the global perception of it. It's not that you're getting money to do something. It's that once you get the money, then everyone else is like, well, they could have gone somewhere otherwise. But I think it's often forgotten that not too long ago, Māori was banned and that the education system in place at the time was designed so Māori couldn't succeed. So I feel like this is... a almost a late repayment of the damage done. So these scholarships, are, it's not that people should be entitled to them, it's something that is mostly trying to restore the equilibrium that was distorted. Right? And, and what would you say to any um, Māori students that are out there um, and are potentially 
looking to apply for a scholarship or accept a scholarship, what would your advice be? I'd tell them to don't see it as a handout or rather as money because, to be honest, you'll never see that money anyways. It goes straight to your course fees or you might get some to help pay for accommodation. Just see it as a reduced stress on your mind so that you can achieve your goals. But then don't forget that the opportunity you have should also be shared with your community, that you have, you are, in essence, a gift to your people. So you should try to share it a bit yeah. more. It's a gift that keeps on giving, mm. right? Because you're going to go back like you are now and yeah. inspire future generations to become engineers. So it's not just that that's helping you, it's helping the whole community, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and that's what the thing with the scholarship is. It's, it's bigger than what you first think it is. It's not just the dollars in your account. And what about um, you mentioned the, um, the this feeling, this inherent feeling that Maori have that they're not, worthy of going to university. What would you say to Maori people in that regard? Stop watching TV. (laughs) Media can often be misleading. Allow yourself to make your own mind up about things rather than following a trend. Spend some time on your own to understand your own thoughts before you kind of speak. Understand that What's happened to your parents or what's happened to people in your family doesn't necessarily have to be your future if you choose it. So I think it all comes down to choice and mindset. If you choose it and your mind's in the right place, I believe it will happen. What do you think industry is missing out on by not having this engagement with Māori in engineering? I think they miss a lot of the creative mindsets that are in Multiculture, like multiculture is quite metaphorical. They think very differently to how I'd say normal, like everyone else thinks. You'd get you know, more creativity. There wouldn't be just like one option, like some person would come up with like a, something you'd never have thought of, which I think is something that Māori can bring to industry. Mm, that diversity of thinking. Mm. And so you've gone through your undergraduate degree now, Um how are you enjoying the engineering profession? Um, are you confident you've made the right decision? Yeah, no, actually, I'm definitely confident that I've made the right decision. It's fast-paced compared to my perception of it, the way I'd be, like, constantly, like, doing, like, tasks and that, like, just for your first few years and learning. But I've found the company I'm working with, I've been given responsibilities quite quickly and then they've trained me up well and then allowed me to make my mistakes And then once I've made my mistakes, they've helped me to then go back, reflect, and then kind of produce something better the next time. I think it's kind of something that's quite specific to engineering, where people are quite helpful and they're really good at guiding you. Because often through university, you are teaching your friends how to do stuff that you understand better, and then they'll do the same for you. And I think this reciprocal nature is something that I really thrive off within engineering as well as in industry. And what makes an attractive employer from your perspective? I think it's like comes down to the manager. The first person you meet of the company is like higher up is kind of what I base the reflection of the entire company. So if you get someone who you really, who like personally I really click with, then I'd assume straight away that I'd click with the entire business. So that's what I found easy. Like with my current manager, 
he's also Māori, so as soon as I'd, like, for me, it was also, like, a respect thing, as well as what, like, what he'd achieved, because I respect him because he was Māori and that he's gone to a point that I'd wanted to get to, but also that he's higher up in a company and his personality matched with mine, regardless of his culture. And it must be hard um, being one of so very few Māori in engineering to be called upon to be a role model. Do you feel the pressure of that or is that something that you enjoy? Uh, it is something that I enjoy and it's uh, something that became apparent to me when I was in like primary school when I noticed that because I went to an, like, basically all Māori primary school intermediate. I think we had about 95% Māori students. And then when I moved to high school, it was probably about 10 and then university, engineering is probably like 0.1. I think there's like two of us in a class of like 300 or so. Mm, that's pretty low numbers. Yeah, so it became pretty apparent quite early on that I had this opportunity and that I wanted to use it, use it to like grow, expose things, and then hopefully from that point it would then open the floodgates for people younger than me to then go through the pathway a bit easier. Mm. One of the things we discussed at that um, industry advisory panel at the university was the just the simple logistics of being able to get you to go back to mm. um, your home area to talk to kids in high school. What, what are the logistical issues and what what are the practical aspects of you just being one representing so many and actually being able to get back and talk to people to inspire them? Mm. I think the, the first part was the whole financial side for me because I've, I hadn't had much or any financial backing from my parents and quite often there would be times where I will, you know you'd have to help out as well. So for me it was just how am I getting back, how much is it going to cost and once I got back it was quite difficult then to organise with the schools. So I went back to my high school because I assumed that, that would be the easiest way because I still had contacts there but you've got so many different classes and because there aren't that many Māori students, you then have to go to the Māori classes, but even in those, there were still very few because not all Māori students take Māori. Otherwise, had I gone into like a normal class, I feel I would have lost my purpose for returning. So I, I do believe that all students, especially in rural areas, should have the opportunity and exposure to engineering and the option that presents. But specifically, I want to help Māori students. I know that's a bias on my part, but I see them as not disadvantaged, just disillusioned with their own self-worth. Mm, yeah, that sounds like a big issue, one, one that's definitely an inhibitor for Māori mm. getting engaged in university even. Yeah. Um, so what... What else could we do? So it sounds like actually, because um, metals industry is quite a, a rural, rural industry, it's regional, mm. Could should we actually be having engineers go out to high schools and speaking to people about the career options? Um, and obviously that wouldn't be targeted at, at Māori, but mm. hopefully would pick up Māori at high school. Um, is that something that would make a difference, do you think? Is that... and at what stages of high school should we target? Find them, like, with especially with engineering, there being the requirements to get into university. The earliest, I'd say, would be year 10. 
and then year 12 like is probably the last point you could convince them so a lot of them once they, unless they haven't decided yet or they by chance had planned out and done all the calculus and kind of physics papers it's very hard to then get them into engineering a lot of the Māori boys I talked to back in my high school they had all dropped maths and they'd all dropped physics so by that point they're only doing unit standards so basically regardless of how well they did they couldn't make the rank score or the entry requirements so if you can get them at year 10 help them think out the pathway to get there I know people seem to believe that a 13 year old can't plan their future but if you teach someone quite young how to organise themselves, you'd be surprised. And what about Māori wahine? How do we get more engagement there? Already Māori un- mm. underrepresented, women are underrepresented, the Māori women must be the least represented. Yes, yeah, specifically in engineering, there's, there'd be very few, I'd say. In terms of going to university, I think fem- like Māori... Females seem to transition a lot easier. They're more adaptable, I'd say, than like Māori men who become quite stubborn and used to their whole father figure being dominant, like unmovable kind of force. So they tend to dig in quite hard and are resistant to change, where I think the female, like, like Wahine, are more mobile, but from my experience, they aren't pushed at all towards physics or engineering they're more pushed towards, say, the more, like, family-orientated or it's it's very it's difficult to say. Though. There's a lot of... Complicated issues. Mm. Mm. A lot of, like, my cousin is an example. She's, uh, she's quite mothering, even though she's the same age as me. Like, she's always been that kind of person, and I find that's quite a common trait amongst Māori women is that they're so used to having children around and they're so used to caring that they that becomes a quite a, f- a focus for them early on. So they'd go into social services or helping out like families or going to st- law maybe or other psychology, arts pathways as opposed to engineering because they've never given an opportunity to experience it. Mm. Which, again, hopefully people from within industry going back to high schools mm. could open people's eyes to what the possibilities are. Yeah. Once, like, if industry can... Especially if you have, like, a Māori woman or a Māori man who can help plan it, it's, it's very difficult if you've never seen the pathway before to then try to, like, find it yourself. Like, I found, personally, I was stumbling around quite a bit. And that even though I did get to like a point that I wanted to, there's on reflection I could have done it a lot easier. <laughs> mm. So how do you think? How how do we go about partnering with Maori engineers to actually be able to get that influence on these high school students who aren't really contemplating engineering? How do we actually partner so that the message is really targeted for them? Because of because there being so few Maori in engineering quite dispersed so I think like Māori in general tend to like to be in groups or like to work together so I'd say smaller groups or collectives that focus specifically on engineering and returning to schools that are slightly outside of their company 
Yes, you know, like a similar to what engineering New Zealand is, like a body for engineering, but if you had like a Māori body for education, but specifically engineering. Mm. And so what gave you the strength then to kind of be independent and go out on a limb and do this so different thing for your family? Personally, it was because I saw engineering as being a successful future where like I'd obviously like earn better because my it was kind of a constant thing through my upbringing that bills are always coming in. We've always low on money, you know, borrowing money. It's not necessarily because we've like had done the wrong thing. It's just the pathways chosen had led to this result. And with children as well, it's quite expensive, especially if you've got three boys like me who just keep eating. <laughs> my parents are... I think their main concern wasn't career advancement, it was more making sure that we were well fed. So for me, it's just now I have the opportunity to give my parents what they didn't get to do because they were looking after us. I think definitely you must be such an inspiration to so many people. What's next for you in your career? I'd like to kind of build my knowledge more broadly in terms of engineering, not just specifically to building services. And that from that point, I'd probably branch out overseas, as well as I've got like a few sporting things I want to try as well. So hoping to kind of compete internationally with strongman and then potentially like powerlifting as well. So I want to help like keep everything together. And then I'd see myself in the future potentially running my own business. And then it was like something that I, I said, like uh, if I ever run a business, I'll hire all my friends from like high school or something something around those lines, so I'd like to be able to do that one day. Mm, I think that's a great dream to have. Um, And definitely I think it's within your grasp to achieve it because you are so driven and obviously so talented. Thank you. Um, So now we're going to um, turn to Evelyn to get her feedback um, and thank you so much, Byron, for coming in and speaking with us today. Thank you. Evelyn, why do you think it's important for industry to support Māori scholarships? Well, I think it's important to industry or businesses to support any sort of scholarships. But it it also um, enables the business um, to establish relationships, perhaps with a group of people that they haven't in the past. I think it increases their profile in the community, um, the building of relationships becomes stronger um, and I think it contributes to the long-term sustainability. What difference does a scholarship actually make to a student's experience of studying? Oh my gosh, we've got some amazing letters from students and just off the top of my head, you know, for many students, they're the first in their whānau or family to receive a scholarship or go to university or a polytech. And they're seen as role models, not just by their siblings, but other people within their um, Māori community, the hapu or iwi, you know, at the marae. Uh, It enables students to focus on their study rather than trying to juggle study and work. So it just gives some leeway, yeah. Do you have any specific examples that you can share where a scholarship's made a difference for someone? Oh, I do actually. From our um, uh, annual report last year, I included a couple of snippets, and and so these are quotes from students. 
I'm the first child in my whānau to come to university, therefore I use this as motivation to remain persistent, to keep working hard and achieve higher through my studies. Um, another is the scholarship will be a huge help towards our increased living costs due to me going to school. The scholarship will help pay for my architectural materials costs and before and after school care for my boys. So you can see the benefit to families rather than just the students. And then finally, I was particularly uh, over the moon when my husband and I were able to budget the use part of the fund for a Lippmann Master Cardiology stethoscope, a piece of nursing equipment I've wished for a very long time. So, so just, those are just a couple, yeah. So if an industry partner wanted to um, work with you to develop a scholarship, how would they go about it and is it expensive? Well, just get in touch with us um, and and we can work together. I, I think identify what um, the business wants to achieve, look at what their priorities are. We can work together to develop that and then we can negotiate from there. Um, a lot of our scholarships are bequested, have been left by people and we have administered scholarships on behalf of businesses, um, individuals and families as well. I definitely want to express that Hira's experience of working with the Māori Education Trust has been excellent. We found it so easy to develop our scholarships. So I think we want to give a big endorsement for um, how easy that process is and relatively inexpensive too. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, if, if anyone is interested in establishing a scholarship, just get in touch with us. I'm sure you can get our contact details and um, from here and and get in touch and we can go from there. We'll include that in the show notes. Um, what do you think needs to actually be done to encourage more Māori into STEM subjects in particular? Wow. I, I think we all have a responsibility. Um, families, schools, um, business. I don't think traditionally Māori have been encouraged to go into the work uh, study or work in those areas. So I think first and foremost, businesses could develop relationships with students in schools. They can grab hold of students before they're in their senior year. So when students are in year 10, they're starting to think about the sorts of subjects that they want to take in the senior um, classes at school. So that's years 11, 12 and 13. And if you get them then or identify those who have the potential, um, you can, I guess, help grow the interest. Perhaps employers can think about how to, ex- how to excite, um, excite students. Um, what are concrete examples? How about um, maybe a couple of businesses getting together and holding a technology camp, you know, and you can have students come in for a day and let them experience some of those practicalities of engineering. Thanks, Evelyn. I wanted to just say that we're so excited about our collaboration. We're really hoping that our scholarship's going to help the student, but also HERA and our industry. And we're really looking forward to that partnership with the Maori Education Trust. Oh, look, I, I think the scholarship was fantastic. So um, applications have to be in by 4.30 on Friday the 26th of April. So if 
anyone knows of anyone in their first year of a four-year Bachelor of Engineering engineering degree, they can get in touch with us and we can help them put together their application. I think there's a benefit for the industry, certainly. So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Byron and Evelyn today. I think this was a timely conversation to have for our industry. It challenges us to look at our current HR and recruitment processes and discover ways to increase engagement with a diverse range of people as we look to address the skills gap. After all, as educator Stephen Covey said, strength lies in differences, not in similarities. Food for thought till we meet next time. So hit subscribe, and if you liked what you heard today, please like, review or share with any metalheads you know. Let's spread the word. Kia ora, it's Evelyn again. I wanted to remind listeners that applications for the Farnaki Scholarship close uh, 4.30 on Friday the 26th paying a whawha, which is April 2019. So if you know of someone in your network who is a Māori student in their first year of a four-year Bachelor of Engineering degree, then please let them know of this opportunity. We particularly want to encourage Māori wahine or female to apply. Together, we can encourage and support Māori in the education pathway, as well as help extend the metals industry capacity by ensuring there are more diverse and attractive career offering to our future engineers. So for more details, see the show notes.